Hey everyone, what's up? It's Babylonius from WalkingTheWind.com uh, here with our second episode of our new podcast. Uh, first, I want to start off by thanking everyone for all the really great comments and and suggestions from uh, the previous one, obviously it being the first one that I had ever done, or I should say organized myself. I was a little nervous about how it would come out, so I'm glad it seemed to have gone over well and people thought it was a positive experience. So, to cover our second one, uh, it's a it, sorry. The second one will cover a topic that seems to pop up quite frequently, um, which is cooldowns. Uh, a lot of people always kind of want to know why uh, certain things happen the way that they do. Should I line this cooldown up or this ability that has a cooldown up with that ability? Um, stuff like that. So. That's a question that gets popped up quite a bit. Um, so to dive right into it, um, in general, you want to look at how long a fight's going to be. For example, if a fight is going to be five minutes, so 300 seconds, then during that time, say, for the sake of making the math easy, say an ability like Rising Sun Kick. Rising Sun Kick has a 10-second cooldown before any haste. So during those 300 seconds, you could fit, theoretically, 30 Rising Sun Kicks in. And that's before you account for any haste, bloodlust, uh, if you're using Serenity, that cuts things down, stuff like that. So in general, in a 300-second fight, you could do 30 Rising Sun Kicks if you do not delay them at all. If you perfectly time it one right after the other, boom, boom, boom. Uh, say maybe 301 just to make sure you get that last one in, but you'd be able to cast 30 Rising Sun Kicks. So the question about delaying things comes in. In that situation where you can perfectly cast 30 and you have no extra time, so if you take the cooldown, which is 10, and you take the fight length, which is 300, it comes out with 30 flat. There's no remainder. If the fight was 295 seconds, then you'd be able to cast 29 Rising Sun Kicks and have a 5 second remainder. What that means is that during the fight, throughout the entire course of the fight, you could delay Rising Sun Kick by a maximum of 5 seconds without worrying about losing a cast. So, you know, 1 second here, say you're without Chi, you have to Tiger Palm to get it, the 2 Chi required to use the Rising Sun Kick. So you, there's some leeway. Not a lot of leeway, but some leeway. So if the fight is 295 seconds, so that's 4 minutes and 55 seconds long, then you could fit 29 Rising Sun Kicks, again, before Haste, Bloodlust, Serenity, stuff like that, and you would have 5 seconds of leeway. So to use kind of a bigger example that frequently pops up, um, Serenity and Touch of Death. They're always kind of the big question, do I delay one for the other? You know, what about Gale Burst? Stuff like that. So the reason this pops up frequently is because, primarily because of Gale Burst. Um, for those who don't know, Gale Burst is a gold trait. It's kind of on the left side of the artifact um, trait tree, where what it does is during the eight seconds that Touch of Death is on the target before it does its damage, it will take 10% of any damage you do to that target and add it on to the explosion at the end. So Touch of Death starts with 50% of your, of your health, 
modified by mastery. So say you have 2 million health, it will do 1 million damage before mastery. If you have 40% mastery, it'll do 1,400,000 damage. Right? Simple like that. What Gale Burst does is during that 8 seconds, say you do a million damage. You should do more than that, but for the sake of making the math easy, say you do a million damage. Gale Burst takes 10% of that, so 100,000 damage, and adds it on to what Touch of Death is already going to be doing. So if you're at uh, 1.4 mil Touch of Death, you do a million damage in that 8 seconds, it will add 100,000 to Gale, to Touch of Death's explosion at the end, so your total Touch of Death will do 1.5 million DP, uh, damage. So, you know, with current gear levels and, and skill and stuff, uh, and plus Serenity during that, you can get up to, you know, some people will see 2.5 to, I think, probably over 3 million um, Touch of Death explosions, even though maybe their base Touch of Death was only doing 1.8 or less um, damage before Gale Burst. So Gale Burst can be very useful. Uh, Gale Burst is not so useful as to go out of your way to line up Serenity and Touch of Death. They do have a 30-second discrepancy. Uh, Serenity is a 90-second cooldown, whereas Touch of Death is a 2-minute or 120-second cooldown. So that 30 seconds in between means that if you want to line it up, say if you want to delay Serenity for Touch of Death, you're throwing away 30 seconds of a fight. So sometimes that is okay. Sometimes it's not okay. For example, if a fight lasts... 2 minutes and 30 seconds, you will only get one, I'm sorry, two casts of Serenity during the fight at the pull at 0, zero. And then anywhere from, if you cast it on cooldown, you'd get a pull 90 seconds in, so at one thirty, And then another 90 seconds would have to pass, which would be 3 minutes, and the fight will be over before that. So say you outgear the content in normal mode, uh, heroic, you know, for some people who outgear heroic by a lot, and you know that fight's only going to last 2.30. You're only going to get two serenities in that time. And you're only going to get two touch of deaths in that time. Again, touch of death at the beginning at 0, zero and two minutes later at 2.0. So that means that you can delay the second serenity for that touch of death to get that extra gale burst damage without worrying about losing a cast of serenity. Because uh, no matter what you do, you're only going to get two. So to continue that example, on a fight that's three minutes long, you will get two touch of deaths. You'll get it at zero, zero, and again at two minutes. But it requires another two minutes to go on, so you would only get two touch of deaths. Uh, well, for the sake of making this a little bit easier, we'll say uh, three minutes and 15 seconds. Or three minutes and 30 seconds. Three minutes and 30 seconds. So... What that means is that you'll get two touch of deaths. Serenity will be at zero zero on the pull. 90 seconds in at 1.30. And then 90 seconds after that at three minutes. So if it's 3.30, you will get three casts of Serenity, but only two casts of touch of death. So in that situation, you would cast Serenity on cooldown and touch of death on cooldown at the beginning. 90 seconds in, you'd cast Serenity. Two minutes in, you could cast Touch of Death, but you don't have Serenity up. So since that will be your last cast of Touch of Death, you can delay it. You can wait those, even though you would be waiting a whole minute 
without using touch of death. It would come up at two minutes and serenity would come up at three because you will not lose a cast of touch of death. You can wait that one minute in order to get the gale burst damage um, on your third serenity. So, you know, once you take, it gets a little murkier with the shorter cooldown abilities, but those two abilities are, seem to are, they're the easiest to illustrate um, and kind of the ones that we get the most questions about. So, for example, in a, in a real life uh, example, uh, Mythic Ursoc, the Berserk timer is five minutes. Um, after five minutes, he goes Berserk, he destroys your raid very quickly, quicker than even most bosses who have enrages. He has a, what we call a hard enrage, or a pretty hard enrage. It's not instant, but it's shortly thereafter. Um, so a five-minute fight, right? During that five-minute fight, 300 seconds. Touch of death takes 120 seconds. You'd have touch of death at 0, zero. You'd have touch of death at two minutes. You'd have touch of death at four minutes. And then you wouldn't get another one because the fight is over at five. Serenity, you'd have serenity at zero minutes. You'd have serenity at 130. Serenity at 3. And then Serenity again at 4.30. And then you would not get another Serenity because the fight's over in 5 minutes. So you get 3 Touch of Deaths, 4 Serenities during that time. So that means that you could delay that second Touch of Death, or sorry, the third Touch of Death to line up with the last Serenity. Because they're only about a 30... Uh, second difference. You could not delay the second touch of death because that would delay it to three minutes and then the third touch of death would come up at five when the fight is over. So I mean if your raid can kite around a little bit you could get away with that but in general um, that's not the way it would work. So you would only if you delayed the last touch of death for serenity you would not lose a cast of Touch of Death, you would not lose a cast of Serenity, and you'd get that Gale Burst damage. And a lot of times, um, specifically from Ursoc, that's when a lot of groups bloodlust. So you got a little bit of extra damage, you probably will use your second pot during that last minute. Um, if you're using a prolonged power, you know at four minutes you're going to have a minute left of the fight, max. So kind of that's your last chance to get the, f the maximum benefit of prolonged power pot. So, to answer a lot of the questions that we get. In a situation like that, you would not lose a cast of either. So you can delay the last touch of death to match Serenity and be fine. You cannot delay Serenity to match touch of death in this situation because you would lose a cast of Serenity very easily. Um, with a, I mean, a somewhat exception of if you delayed the first Serenity to match the second I'm sorry, the second Serenity match, the second Touch of Death, then your last Serenity would come off just as the boss is about to die. So similar to the previous example of Touch of Death, yes, it would be up, but chances are you would be dead shortly into the Serenity. Um, so it's possible, but not quite preferable. Um, so that's kind of the general answer, and that's the general answer for all of your abilities. Should I delay Rising Sun Kick for Fist of Fury? Should I delay Fist of Fury for Strike of the Windlord? Should I delay Rising Sun Kick for Strike of the Windlord? All those questions can be answered by yes, if it will not cost you a cast. The shorter the cooldown, 
and the longer the difference between them, the more likely you are to drop a cast. Rising Sun Kick's cooldown is 10 seconds before haste. So you have, at max, a 10-second leeway. If you delay to, uh, Rising Sun Kick for more than 10 seconds, regardless of fight length, you are guaranteed to have lost a cast. Same with Fist of Fury. If you, Fist of Fury is a 24-second initial cooldown. If you delay Fist of Fury for more than 24 seconds, regardless of fight length, you will have cost yourself a cast. All right, and obviously it's not all at once. You're not. You, there'd be no reason to sit on Fist of Fury for 24 seconds, but it's a little thing. You know, if you delay, um, say, Rising Sun Kick and Fist of Fury come off cooldown at the very same time, you do not have enough chi to cast them both. So you could cast Tiger Palm and Fist of Fury, then afterwards Tiger Palm and Rising Sun Kick, or you can Tiger Palm, Rising Sun Kick, and afterwards, Tiger Palm, Fist of Fury. So in that situation, you would be delaying Fist of Fury by up to three seconds. You'd be delaying Rising Sun Kick by three seconds, probably six or seven seconds. So in that situation, you would not want to delay Rising Sun Kick. Uh, or, sorry, you'd want to use Rising Sun Kick before Fist of Fury because you have a less chance of losing a cast by delaying Fist of Fury 3 seconds as opposed to Rising Sun Kick 6 or 7 seconds. Uh, there's a much smaller gap between the delay and the cooldown. However, if you do that frequently, if you're constantly delaying Fist of Fury by 3 seconds, then eventually it will cost you a cast. So in general, the reason that we set up the stat priority as it is, uh, the rotation priority as it is, and th this kind of goes off of that, um, stuff like the opener, stuff like the priority list um, in our guides, they are set up as much to maximize damage as they are to minimize risk. There will be times where if you have 5 Chi and Rising Sun Kick and Fist of Fury are available, you would Rising Sun Kick first and Fist of Fury afterwards. Because even though that's not what the priority says, you know, if they're both up, the priority list says Fist of Fury is a higher priority than Rising Sun Kick. However, delaying Rising Sun Kick one second is 10% of its cooldown. Delaying Fist of Fury four, or one second is less than 4%, I think. That may be completely wrong. I don't know about math. Um, that may, let's say I'm correct, and that's 4% of its cooldown. So the risk that you're taking there is minimal. Obviously, if you increase that risk and would be delaying uh, Fist of Fury longer or Rising Sun Kick longer, then you're delaying it more of their cooldown, and the risk gets higher for losing a cast. You can delay things during a fight, and if it does not cost you a cast at the end, it will be beneficial. If you know that a set of adds are about to come up, and you're going to do more damage to them by delaying Fist of Fury 5 seconds, right? Fist of Fury does 100% damage to each target. So if you delay it 5 seconds, and that means you hit 3 additional targets, or 4 targets total, you're getting four times the Fist of Fury damage at a cost of a quarter of its cooldown. So you're losing 25% cooldown in, to get 400% more damage. That's a situation where intuition, knowledge of the fight, stuff like that comes into play and where the really great players will know how to delay things. But in general, 
when people are asking us questions or reading our site um, and the guides and stuff, they are set up to minimize risk. They're set up for kind of the basic. Um, before any enhanced judgment calls or something can be made, the priority list um, you know, on the site is what you want to follow. The idea that you do not want to delay cooldowns, you want to minimize delay as much as possible, is the best strategy until you know kind of these better things. So similarly, if you have a question about it and you're not sure, the answer should default to do not delay. You know, if you're, if you know that there's some ability coming up that you might have to run from, don't delay. If you know, yeah, maybe there might be some ads coming, but then I have to run from something. You know, that's where a lot of the judgment calls, where a lot of the questions we get answered, we can't really answer on an exact basis because there are a lot of variables in a lot of these fights. If a fight like Scenarius is coming up and I know, or if I'm in fighting Scenarius and I know that the tree ad is going to be coming and he's going to be here in five seconds, 10 seconds even. If he's going to be here in 10 seconds and I have Fist of Fury, I can wait and save that 10 seconds and get twice the damage of Fist of Fury for half the cooldown, which just about breaks even, roughly. Um, or you can use it right away and have the other target come up. If I if I would only ever get three casts of, say, Fist of Fury on that target, then delaying it maybe costs me one. So even not even taking fight length, but taking the length of time that is that an ad is present or a boss is targetable can change how you interpret some of this stuff. But that's comes with practice. It comes with knowing the fight, knowing your raid and what they're going to do, stuff like that. So that's some of the more higher level thinking stuff. Um, so in general, to summarize the, the topic of serenity and touch of death, you do not want to line them up unless they line up organically. Um, if you cast them every on cooldown every time, uh, you know, rising sun, uh, sorry, uh, touch of death would be at zero, two, four, six minutes. Serenity would be at zero, one and a half, three, four and a half, six minutes. So without delaying anything, they come back up together at six minutes. If it, you know, if you know it's going to be a six-minute fight or more, then you know you can get the same amount and they will line up on their own. So you don't want to line them up on purpose before that because you risk losing a cast of one or the other. If you know the fight is going to last X length, if you know your raid kills it in three minutes, you can know, okay, I have this many casts of this ability, this many casts of that ability, and how long you can delay it. Going back to the Ursoc, um, you know, that, so that kind of covers lining up something like Serenity and Touch of Death, which is a very common question we got. So on the topic of delays, um, specifically looking at, say, Serenity, in the Ursoc example, Serenity will come up four times. It'll come up at the pull, 1.30, 3, and 4.30. If the fight is five minutes long, that means you have 30-second gaps. So you can delay Serenity during the fight by up to 30 seconds without losing a cast. Say probably 22 because it's, it's an eight-second um, ability. So 22 seconds so that at five minutes, Serenity is over. When the boss enrages, you are done with Serenity and don't have to worry about it. 
So you have 22 seconds during that time. So if you need to delay Serenity for something earlier, then that's fine. Um, it won't lose you out, lose you a cast. So on that topic, to talk about the general cooldown aligning for Serenity. Um, so that's another question we got along with the haste recommendations that we give out. Um, if you've asked in Discord, looked at the site, stuff like that, you'll see that we recommend you keep your haste below 10%. In reality, it's 9%. Um, if you play perfectly and cast everything on cooldown, no one ever does that. So 10% tends to just be easier for people to wrap their heads around. Um, the less efficient you are at casting abilities on cooldown, the more haste you can get away with. Um, and basically what happens is, at if you cast everything on cooldown, at 9% haste, things start to get wonky. Um, because, like I said in the previous post, or the previous podcast, Serenity, you want one Strike of the Windlord, two Rising Sun Kicks, and one, and as much Fist of Fury as possible. So, since I'm sure most of you know how to math, after the opener, right, Strike of the Windlord will have, at most, 20 seconds left of its 40-second cooldown if you use it during the opener. So, because of that, you know, you will have uh, 20 seconds left once the cooldown is cut in half by using it during Serenity. So that means that 20 seconds later you could cast it. So if Serenity is our 90 second timetable, you would cast it at, Strike of the Windlord would come up at 20, and then again at 60, and then again at 100 seconds. So if Serenity is up after 90 seconds, there's a 10 second gap maximum. That's if you use uh, Strike of the Windlord at the very last second of the previous Serenity. If you use it at the very first second of the previous Serenity, right, then that's an eight-second difference. That's eight additional seconds. So then the gap would only be two seconds, right? It would come up at 12 seconds, then 52, then 92. So with Serenity being a 90-second cooldown, that's a two-second discrepancy. So if you always follow the rule of wanting one strike of the Windlord during, at some point during Serenity, you will have to delay it at maximum 10 seconds. So most of the time it's less than that. Most of the time you're waiting on other things to line up anyway. Um, uh, but Strike of the Windlord is not affected by haste. So that's the situation. Once you add in the fact that Strike of the Windlord can have up to uh, you know, 12 14 seconds on its cooldown, then when Serenity comes up and Strike of the Windlord is, has 10 seconds left on its cooldown, you can use Serenity, have that cast cut in half, have uh, Strike of the Windlord's current cooldown cut in half, and then you'll be fine. You'll be able to use Strike of the Windlord during the fight. So, basically what that means is at 9%, because Strike of the Windlord, you will always be at most waiting for Strike of the Windlord to come off cooldown or come into that optimal range. Um, at most, 
you'd have to wait 10 seconds. So if you use Rising Sun Kick and Fist of Fury on cooldown, right, above 9 seconds, you will have to wait then on one of those also. Below 9 seconds, or sorry, 9% haste. Sorry, above 9% haste, if you're using the other things on cooldown, you will have to wait on Rising Sun Kick or Fist of Fury in order to use Serenity optimally. If you have less than 9% haste, you don't. When when Strike of the Windlord and Serenity is ready, everything else is already ready. That's why we recommend less than 9 or 10% haste. If you have more haste, the cooldowns of those things are shorter, so that means you can get away with a little bit of a delay. If you delay things but have less than 9% haste, then chances are you're going to, you know, if you delay things too much, things can still get wonky. So having less than 9% is not something magical. It's just if you are, if you are not as good at um, casting abilities on cooldown, you could use a little bit more haste to keep that Serenity, Rising Sun Kick, Fist of Fury, Strike of the Windlord timing work out. So that's the reason why we recommend less than 10% haste. Nobody's perfect in terms of using things on cooldown. Uh, sometimes Rising Sun Kick comes up the same time as Fist of Fury, stuff, stuff like that. So that's why we recommend uh, 10% haste in order to help it line up with Serenity. Um, so to recap, basically, um, in terms of overall cooldowns, this is really for every class. If it will result in you losing a cast of that ability, do not delay it, if given the choice. Okay? Serenity and Touch of Death are the most commonly asked ones because of Gale Burst, and those follow the same rule. Alright? 10% haste is because above 10%, things start to get wonky, which will result in you delaying Serenity a little bit um, in order to be in that optimal window. So finally, the last thing I want to talk about, um, a couple people had, um, well, before I get to that, a couple people had asked about Energizing Elixir. That's another very popular um, question. Uh, Ruyi wrote up a very nice post, um, and I'll link it in in the description of this podcast, um, about how to use Energizing Elixir. And basically, to, you know, I don't want to, you can read it. There's a lot more in depth there to help you understand it. Basically, the decision between Energizing Elixir and Power Strikes is that Power Strikes provides 4 chi per minute. And Energizing Elixir, if you use it with 0 chi, provides 5 chi per minute. Right? It can provide up to 9 chi per minute. You know, if you are using, um, if you happen to be down low on energy as well when you hit it. So, Energizing Elixir is mathematically undisputable. Indisputable, undisputable, whichever one. Um, it cannot be disputed mathematically. So that means that in order for it to stay ahead of power strikes, you can delay things a little bit until they line up. Ideally, you would use Energizing Elixir and use uh, Rising Sun Kick or Strike of the Windlord immediately to get rid of 2 Chi so you can Tiger Palm again and minimize the extra energy loss that you always have uh, when using Energizing Elixir. So basically, if you totally disregard the energy component and just look at gaining chi and you only worry about having zero chi when 
um, you use energizing elixir, you can delay energizing elixir by 12 seconds. Um, in or and it will still be better than, I should say, at 12 seconds, it balances out. If you always delay energizing elixir by 12 seconds, you will average four chi per minute, which is the same as power strikes is four chi per minute. Um, so if you delay it less than that, or if you get any energy back at all, that time that you can delay gets bigger and bigger. If you delay it, say, 20 seconds, but you get five full chi plus an additional two, say you get 50 energy back, that's seven chi gained. So delaying it 20 seconds is going to be an acceptable uh, delay. If you delay it too often, then you lose a cast, you know, obviously again. But in terms of comparing it to power strikes, um, if you're just looking at the chi, you can delay it a little bit. You know, ideally, the base minimum is make sure you have zero chi when you cast Energizing Elixir. Um, the less energy you have, so the more energy you get back from Energizing Elixir, the better off you are, because obviously that energy went somewhere. Um, but as at a minimum, try to have zero chi when you hit Energizing Elixir. If you have one chi, but you're at you know, but you can gain back 50 energy, then you'd gain 4 chi from the proc plus 2 chi from the 50 energy, so then you're still, you know, plus. Uh, you know, you'd be gaining 6 chi instead of 5, so there's a benefit there. So there, it's a little bit complex, but you have to look at um, how much energy you have. You know, for every 25 energy you gain from Energizing Elixir, that's 1 chi that you would generate, theoretically. Uh, so if you have one chi but are at minus 25 energy, then it'll break even. You'll still generate five chi worth. If you're at if you have two chi and you're at minus 50 energy, it breaks even. So it's very easy for energizing elixir to stay ahead of power strikes. Um, you have to use it very minimally, uh, mathematically, realistically, especially on single target power strikes can because it's easier to use, pull ahead, or, I'm sorry, I don't want to say pull ahead, can catch up. But in general, the math is pretty easy to see. 5 chi versus 4 chi, or 5 to 9 chi versus 4 chi per minute. Power Strikes doesn't have that top-end possibility. It's good, it's reliable, it doesn't require extra thought. I feel it fits into the rotation very smoothly. Um, but the... the uh, Mathematical benefit cannot be denied. Um, in AOE, where you can hit Energizing Elixir and hit a rising and hit a uh, spinning crane kick, Energizing Elixir is way ahead. It's a lot easier to dump energy in AOE situations when you're spamming spinning crane kick. Um, you know, you can spinning crane kick tiger palm, spinning crane kick tiger palm, and then be at practically zero energy and zero chi, and Energizing Elixir, boom. You generated eight to nine chi. That's three more spinning crank kicks that you can spin your head off. So I talked about it a little bit more than I originally intended. Um, but in terms of energizing elixir, there's leeway. You know, if you're checking your logs and you say, "Oh, I only used two out of four energizing elixirs," then that's not awesome. Uh, you know, because if you delayed enough that you lost a cast, every cast that you delay is 5 chi that's gone. So you better have gotten that 5 chi from somewhere else. 
you know, by using it with very minimal energy or something like that in order to break even. Um, but if you're using energizing elixir and you're not all that comfortable with it, try at minimum to have zero chi. Once you're comfortable with that, then start worrying about getting minimal energy and delaying it, stuff like that. But if you're new to it, if you're just switching over from power strikes because it is, uh, you know, undeniably the mathematical better option, start with just worrying about chi. Do I have zero chi? Yep, zero chi. Energizing elixir, there we go. Because chances are you also were missing some energy, even if it wasn't a lot. But, all right, I've got zero chi, rising sun kicks available, boom, energizing elixir. Now I've got five chi, boom, rising sun kick, three chi, boom, tiger palm, back up to five, energies regening, perfect, golden, awesome. You do not want to use Fist of Fury immediately. Um, you can if there's no other choice, but there should almost always be another choice. Uh, Fist of Fury, even though it will use up 3 Chi, it delays that energy regen. So you're missing out on 3 to 4 seconds of energy regen. If you have 0 haste, that's a 4 second Fist of Fury. That means you're not generating energy for 4 seconds. That's 40 energy that's now disappeared forever, gone. So that's why. 40 energy is, you know, 1.8 chi. So you basically just threw away 1.8 chi in order to use Fist of Fury. So that's why you want to have Spinning Crane Kick, if it's AoE, not single target. You should not be using Spinning Crane Kick during single target. But if it's AoE, Spinning Crane Kick is great to use after Energizing Elixir, uh, Strike of the Wind Lord, or Rising Sun Kick immediately following Energizing Elixir before that. Um, in single target. So, again, talked about that a little bit longer. So I'll be brief. Uh, there are, and I mentioned it earlier, with the cooldowns, there are exceptions. If you know, to go back to the Ursoc example, that uh, mythic Ursoc example, um, yes, the fight is going to be, you know, five minutes, and delaying Serenity more than 30 seconds will really screw things up. But there's a bear coming, and I can spam... Spinning Crane Kick with two stacks and Fists of Fury and Strike of the Windlord and get all this extra damage, that may be beneficial. And that's where decision-making, high-end play come into play. So there are exceptions to these rules, as there pretty much always are. But in general, to recap, even though I recapped earlier, I will recap again, because I talked a little bit longer than I wanted to. Um, in general, do not delay things. Um unless it will not cost you a cast. So, if you do not know how long the fight is going to be, if you do not know any other variables, your default should be don't delay. If you come across um, a situation where you have two abilities that are available, um, even though one is higher on the priority, you can default to the one on uh, with the shorter cooldown. For example, Rising Sun Kick and Fist of Fury are available. You have... 5G, you can Rising Sun Kick into Fist of Fury because there's a less of a risk delaying Rising Sun Kick one second than delaying Fist of Fury one second. Once you start adding in Tiger Palms and other stuff like that into that equation, that equation um, then the chance of damage loss gets greater. It starts to get a little murkier. Uh, you know, if you have zero chi and they both come off, then okay, well, you use Fist. Rising Sun Kick or Fist of Fury, you got a Tiger Palm, Blackout Kick, Tiger Palm, Fist of Fury. That's four seconds lost. 
you know, but obviously you couldn't Rising Sun Kick because then that would delay Fist of Fury five or six seconds. So that's where it starts to get hairy and a lot of people make mistakes um, in delaying things. So in general, do not delay um, until you know, you know, what kind of exceptions there are, what kind of extra damage you can get by delaying, how much time you have to let, have left in the fight. Serenity and Touch of Death, again, do not delay them automatically unless you know, okay, this will be my last cast of Serenity or my last cast of Touch of Death in the fight. Um, then you can delay it to line them up, provided you do still get those casts. If you delay it and you don't get the cast of the other one, then you wasted things anyway. Um, so don't delay unless it will not cost you a cast. There are exceptions if you can get extra damage, but in general, do not delay. Energizing Elixir, in, in your default should be to get at least 5 chi, whether that is starting at 0 or starting at 2 chi with minus 50 energy, which should be not an option because you should just Rising Sun Kick and then keep going, blah, blah, blah. Um, do not dump... Chi on purpose with spinning crane kick in order to use energizing elixir in general. There are always exceptions to the rules, but uh, energizing elixir is better as long as you get at least five chi out of it every minute, which is pretty easy to do uh, over power strikes. So hopefully uh, this cleared up a lot of questions that people had. Uh, I didn't really want to talk about energizing elixir as much as I did, but hopefully that will help people. Um, like I said, there's a link in the description to Rudy's post where he explains kind of the math behind it a little bit more, um, which is very good. And uh, the serenity timings and what cooldowns and stuff is, uh, I'll, I'll provide a link to um, that in the description as well. They can also be found on Walking the Wind and the nav bar under um, abilities. Stuff like that are all of our articles, uh, our spotlights of, of each ability. So those can be useful if you want to look into the more depth stuff, but hopefully um, my little rambling uh, you will find beneficial. Uh, if you did, uh, please don't hesitate to let me know, you know, uh, through the comments or stuff like that. If you are if you are enjoying what you're reading and what you're listening to, then please support us through Patreon um, or PayPal. Patreon has certain different levels of support where you get extra access to us. We have a Patreon only uh, patron, Patreon patron only discord um, that's available to those who help support the site. Uh, you get a little more uh, quicker access to those of us who write it and stuff like that. And I do always, when looking for ideas about what to put in podcasts and articles, we always do ask the patrons first. Uh, so if you'd like to have a little bit more of a hand in the direction of the site. If you have good ideas, uh, certainly supporting us through Patreon will get you access to help make those decisions. Um, so that's if you enjoy what you're uh, reading and would like us to continue doing it for as long as possible. So thank you for listening. I have not come up with a snappy sign-off, although we had a couple really great uh, suggestions. Um, so I none of them really... Uh, were just quite what I was looking for, but keep keep sending them if you have any suggestions. I don't know if I'll put up a, a survey for this one. I do love my surveys um, to get feedback, but feel free to comment 
or shoot me, um, you know, all of your praise on Twitter uh, at Babylonius Monk uh, on walkingthewind.com or on um, uh, the Peak of Serenity Discord channel. Uh, I do, some people also mentioned or told me that I forgot to mention that I do uh, stream my raids if you want to watch. I don't think they're anything particularly fascinating. Uh, I'm not as exceptional as I once was, but I do a decent enough job. Um, and we do progress through Mythic relatively quickly. So I do stream um, from 8 o'clock to 11.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time in the United States, because uh, I do play in the U.S., uh, and that's on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I only raid a little bit. So if you'd like to watch me raid, uh, there's on Twitch. There's also my YouTube channel, which should just be YouTube uh, Babylonius Monk, where it's got all of our kill videos, stuff like that. I think I have to add a couple more recent ones. Uh, so, thank you for listening. If you again, if you like what you listen to, then please support us. Um, let us know, and um, I will try to think of something else that you all want to hear and, and need to hear for the next time. I think uh, discussing some of the stats, stat weights, and stuff is on the list, whether it's next time or the time after, especially with the PTR uh, seven point one point five stuff going on. Uh, depending on how all that goes, maybe the next uh, podcast will be about that. So sorry to the couple people who said that my previous one went a little long because I think this one's gone just about the same length. So I will sign off, tell you guys to take care and have fun being a monk.